Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Thursday, April 30th. I am Kyle Hilliard. There's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Assassin's Creed Valhalla gets a full reveal with a cinematic trailer. Apex Legends is getting a new season and a new legend. Movies based on SimCity and The Sims are apparently in the works. And people are trying to convince me that I need to play more near Automata. And they're doing so pretty successfully. Ubisoft unveils Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yesterday, Ubisoft teased the next Assassin's Creed with a long stream from digital artist Boss Logic drawing what will undoubtedly be the game's cover art, and the stream ended with the reveal of the game's title, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and a promise that a cinematic trailer would premiere the following morning, which it did. The trailer follows what appears to be a Viking leader doing various Viking things like smearing blood on his face, sparing the lives of women and children and playing with his kids, while a narration voiceover says they are heartless, godless barbarians. They murder and kill blindly. They scar the lands of England, lands they will never defend, never love. The time has come to speak to them in a language they will understand. And it is revealed that the narrator is a king, writing out a declaration of war against the Vikings. From there, the trailer shows Vikings storming a beach and accepting a volley of flaming arrows as they enter into a large-scale war with England. The description for the game reveals that the Viking leader we have been watching is Ivor, and we see him fighting and slaying, and he throws his axe at some enemies, but it does not return to his hand automatically, which is disappointing. And then a big, scary, extra-tall knight enters the fray. At this point, Ivor sees a hooded man appear briefly next to a leafless tree. I, for a moment, thought maybe it was an assassin or the ghost of an assassin, but then Ivor yells, Odin is with us! before getting totally walloped by the big knight, who will definitely have an excessive amount of HP when you actually fight him in the game. When all hope seems lost and Mr. Big Knight with big strength and defense stats, has his sword against Ivor's neck, Ivor kills him with a wrist blade, but the blade is actually on the outside of the wrist as opposed to the inside. The game is coming holiday 2020, pending any delays related to COVID-19 issues, of course, and there are a few interesting additional details in the trailer's description on YouTube. It reads, In Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you are Ivor, a fierce Viking warrior raised on tales of battle and glory. Explore a dynamic and beautiful open world set against the brutal backdrop of England's Dark Ages. Raid your enemies, grow your settlement, and build your political power in your quest to earn your place among the gods in Valhalla. The description also says that you can, quote, sail from the harsh and mysterious shores of Norway to the beautiful but forbidding kingdoms of England and beyond, which is surprisingly expansive. You will also be able to lead massive assaults against Saxon troops and fortresses throughout England, and you can, quote, construct and upgrade buildings that allow for deep customization, including a barracks, blacksmith, tattoo parlor, and more. 
The trailer, which is linked in the show notes, is a cinematic trailer, so it only hints at gameplay mechanics as opposed to showing them off in real time, but it is exciting. And the additional details in the trailer's description, like being able to lead big assaults and have your own home base that you grow and expand, is all very cool. I wasn't sure if I was excited about the Viking setting of the game when it was rumored last year, but seeing it in action, so to speak anyway, and seeing how it overlaps with the Dark Ages and how much of it will take place in England as you take on knights and kings has me much more excited. Maybe I just didn't know enough about history to not have assumed that there would be some overlap there, but it is very cool to see. I am disappointed that it seems like Ivor is the only playable character, but I think having a single protagonist will lead to a more focused story at the cost of not giving the player choice in who they are playing as. I'm not super invested in the Assassin's Creed story in general, so I think I would have preferred the option to pick someone other than Ivor like we were able to in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but I definitely withhold judgment until playing the final game, which I am very much looking forward to. Apex Legends' new season has been detailed. EA and Respawn announced Apex Legends' fifth season today. It will kick off on May 12th and will include a new legend, Loba, new quests, a quote, bountiful new battle pass, and more. Loba is a master thief, and she received a story trailer. That's all about how she became the master thief she is, and it also teased some of her abilities, like warping, and it establishes an adversary for her. About the only other detail available is that the battle pass will include, quote, over 100 exclusive items, including legendary skins, Apex packs, new battle pass content, making a season five debut, and more. I really like Respawn a lot. I love Titanfall 2 and actually visited the studio to learn about Jedi Fallen Order back at Game Informer, but Apex Legends is one that never really grabbed me. I played a fair bit when it first launched, had a good time. And I really, really admire the way Respawn launched it without really any kind of lead-in. They just dropped it one day, which I think is brilliant. I want to play more, and maybe this season might be a good excuse to jump back in. Loba seems very cool, and I really like her design. I want to play as her. SimCity and The Sims live-action movies are in development. My initial reaction to this headline was probably similar to yours in that it just immediately seems like a bad idea, or at the very least, an uninspired one. Would a SimCity movie just be about a city? And isn't every reality show pretty much just The Sims already? But I have to say, I am kind of intrigued by the basic description of the potential SimCity movie. Chris O'Keefe reported on the in-development movies for the GWW.com and wrote, GWW has obtained information that a SimCity film is currently in active development at Legendary Pictures. The film is being described as a comedic version of a Roland Emmerich-esque disaster movie inside the world of SimCity, with the script being penned by Mike Rosilio. Studio executives Ali Mendez and John Silk are overseeing the development of the film. No director or actors have been announced at this time. I looked up Mike Rosilio on IMDb, and his only credit is no results found for Mike Rosilio, which doesn't inspire much confidence. But I like the basic premise being pitched here, even if it feels a little close to the upcoming Ryan Reynolds movie, Free Guy. 
The details for the potential The Sims movie are less interesting. The GWW.com's only source of information right now are details about the characters that casting agents are looking for. O'Keefe wrote in their story, Early character descriptions include Katie as our lead female, a funny hot mess, good to her core. There's also Cliff, a supporting male, and he is described as Kate's best friend, a cute nerd. You can check out the full list of character descriptions on the GWW.com's story, which is linked in the show notes. But reading through them, it's hard to see any real direct line to The Sims video game. The video game industry and the movie industry have had an uneasy alliance for decades at this point. But with successes like Detective Pikachu, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, and the Angry Birds movies, it seems like we're actually getting to a point where video game movies are moving toward being decent I've said it before, but I think we're getting to a point where the people that grew up playing video games are the ones making the movies now, so they have a better understanding of why they're special. Kind of like how superhero movies are now being made by people who grew up reading comics, so they're undeniably better today than they were in the past. Also, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie is currently sitting at 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Here's what released today, as well as a few other announcements. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Remastered is out today on Xbox One and PC. It released on March 31st for PlayStation 4, but that exclusivity window is now closed. It's an odd release to me, because even though there was excitement surrounding its re-release, I feel like it ultimately sort of just released, without any fanfare, on only one platform. But it showed up on NPD for March, despite only being out for one day and only being out on PlayStation 4, so it was pretty clearly successful. It's a game I have fond memories of, and I do kind of want to revisit it. Riot Games, a studio that has been known for League of Legends pretty much exclusively for the last few years, has suddenly become surprisingly prolific. It released the highly successful Valorant beta, and now its mobile card game, Legends of Runeterra, is officially out. The game has been in beta since late January, but it has now crossed the version 1.0 threshold. Level Head, from the expertly named developer Butterscotch Shenanigans, is out today on Xbox One, PC, Switch, and mobile on both iOS and Android. It's a platformer that comes included with all kinds of tools to make your own levels and share them, and it's from the folks that made Crashlands. Streets of Rage 4 is out today for PC, Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. 
I am not the biggest fan of the classic beat em up genre, but I have been playing a bit of Streets of Rage 4. It has many of those typical annoyances I associate with the genre, like how lining yourself up with a combatant can sometimes be picky and you end up punching over the opponent's head, but it has some interesting mechanics that I like and it looks amazing. The animation is worth checking out, even in just a trailer, if nothing else. I understand that in typical beat-em-up fashion, it's not a super long game and is meant to be replayed with others, and for that reason, I might see it to the end, at least once. Luigi's Mansion 3 also got its second pack of DLC today that adds three new costumes and new floors have been added to the Scare Scraper, which basically amounts to new multiplayer minigames. And there are a few other bonuses and various bug fixes as well. Also worth mentioning here in the release segment of the podcast, I think, Sony announced games that will be available for PlayStation Plus subscribers for the month of May. Starting May 5th and going until June 1st, those who pay for PlayStation Plus will be able to download Cities, Skylines, and Farming Simulator 19. Cities, Skylines is the game that stepped up when SimCity 4 ended up being a disappointment, one that the series has yet to recover from. If you're looking for a good, modern city-building game, Cities, Skylines is pretty much the best there is. I don't know much about Farming Simulator, other than the fact that they wouldn't keep making them if people weren't buying them and enjoying them. It's one of those series that is kind of seen as a punchline, but I think when you actually sit down and play it, it's actually a really solid, well-done simulation of what it's like to run a farm. That's my understanding anyway. That's it for video game news today. I mentioned only playing through Nier Automata once yesterday and how I thought it was fine and how I wasn't particularly interested in going back through it more times, and some folks let me know that I need to give it another shot. At Fenim on Twitter tweeted at me and said, you don't play Nier Automata five times. Credits just roll five times. The only time that there's repeated content is after the second credit roll, but even then, you're playing a different character with a different story and gameplay. Give it a shot. And I also got a big email from Anthony that I will read in full here, who wrote, Kyle, I feel obliged to submit a correction for today's gaming ride home. You mentioned you tried to play Nier Automata, but you weren't willing to play through three times. This is a myth that is criminally shared on the Wild West of the Internet. I wouldn't consider Nier as having three playthroughs, in quotes. Consider them more like acts. Act 1 is what you played through. Act 2, you play as another character during the same events as Act 1. There is some repeat of content, but most of your side quest progress carries over and you get a lot more plot revelations. Act 2 required content is maybe a few hours plus a chance to do side quests you missed and some new side quests. Act 3 is all new content that takes place after Act 1 slash 2, endings A and B, chronologically. When you beat that, there are two endings. The choice is obvious, and at the end you can immediately replay the final bit to get the other ending, these are endings C and D. Once you do both, you play the last part of the game to get the actual ending, and it's beautiful. I hope this makes finishing it much less daunting to you. At Fenum and Anthony, your messages do make me want to go back. I think, Anthony, you can agree with me that it feels perhaps unnecessarily complicated, and there is undeniably repeated content, even if it is not too much, but you do make me want to give it another shot. 
Plus, I am so far from my original playthrough now that maybe that bit of repeated content you play through with 9S on the second playthrough will feel brand new. I am considering reading up on what happened during the first playthrough as a refresher and diving back into my save for playthrough 2 and 3, etc. No promises, of course, but your messages are encouraging. Thank you. And speaking of nice, encouraging messages, if you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets like at Venom did or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send me an email like Anthony did to kyle at ridehome.info. And please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I am playing through Resident Evil Code Veronica X right now. I'm getting my butt kicked like crazy by Bandersnatches. And if you want to know what those things are and what that sentence means, you can check out my stream. And then you can also find me on the MinMax Show for more long-form video game discussion. We're really deep into Final Fantasy VII Remake right now. We're almost done with it, but it's been a good chat. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. 